Hallelujah. Well, I thought I was supposed to have a bunch of kids down front, so you got some you don't want to sit by, you can send them down here. So uh, you got some kids, send them down here and let them sit right here. It'll be just like preaching to you before you grew up. Hallelujah. No kids are coming. Give me a break. Hallelujah. Thank God there's kids of faith here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Get right down here. Praise the Lord. Now I need to swallow my gum. So just give me a breather here. Hallelujah. Wow. I guess you've never swallowed your gum, Lincoln. Well, for all the teachers that are watching me from Christian Temple, Temple Christian, I call Lincoln like all hours of the day that he's in school, and he's always in the bathroom. You need to watch how many times this kid goes. He's not 80 years old, and he doesn't have a swollen prostate. Ain't nobody loses that much water in a day and lives. You guys ought to think about that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God forever. I want to talk to you today out of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 10 through verse 18. And I want to talk about you using your faith for the three most important things on God's list. Three most important things that God considers first priority in the scriptures. And Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and verse 10 says it Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the tricks, the snares, the entrapments, the temptations of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of, of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, because of that type of battle, do not get involved with it in your senses. Don't try to use your own skills and maneuverability, your own wisdom and man's counsel. Don't do it. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the devil in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking above all, somebody say above all. Oh. Not aside from all, but above all. In other words, this piece of armor is exalted above the others. Above all. Now remember, we are fighting against the devil. We're fighting against evil. We're fighting against darkness. We're fighting against things that we really do not have the capacity to overcome without God's help. 
And so it says this, and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all. Somebody say all. All the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer, all supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Let me go one more verse, please. And, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, what are we supposed to lift above every piece of armor of God? The shield of faith. Come on, the shield of faith. The shield of faith quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. In other words, the shield of faith is designed to protect the rest of the armor of God. And it doesn't mean that we don't need that armor, but it means that if something gets past the shield of faith, then understand that it's going to have effect on you. It's going to affect your attitude. It's going to affect your righteousness. Things are going to happen if you do not raise up the shield of faith when the enemy comes. Now, we must never, ever try to deal with the enemy, the things that are going on in our life. And, folks, sometimes we just get totally blindsided or we get passive, we get weary, we get tired, we get bored, and we let things start happening in our life and we never ever take account of where they're coming from. Now the Bible said when we read in uh, Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Where is the power of the might of the believer? in the armor of God. How are we strong in the Lord? First and foremost, we use the shield of faith. The shield of faith is one of the great strengths of the believer to preserve himself, his family, and his church. Now, there are three things that are most important, and these are valuable, and I've, I've taught them to my grandkids from the time that they could understand anything. First and foremost in every man's life is his relationship with God. Amen. You cannot replace a personal relationship with God. You can't replace it. You can't fill it with anything because you were created to walk with God. The second most valuable thing in a person's life is family. Is family. God said it wasn't good for Adam to dwell alone. Now, Adam had other ideas after about a week, but God said it's not good for Adam to be alone. And so God made Adam, and then he made Eve. And after that, he gave them empowerment, blessing, to replenish the earth, in other words, to have enough children that this earth could be inhabited. Now, that's a pretty big task, right? And so Adam and Eve started having children. That is the family. 
And then the third most important thing of every believer's life is a family of faith. It is the assembly of the believer. Why? Because we assemble, Jesus' presence comes, we are taught, we break the bread of life, we receive doctrine, truth, we learn how to walk in the ways of God. Now you might say, oh, I can get that at home on TV. No, you, you really can't. You, you really can't. There's just nothing like the assembly. So for all of you kids that are here today, you have a relationship with God. And understand that the devil is after it. The devil is after it, and you are going to have to protect it with a shield of faith. And if you don't protect it, sometimes it'll not be protected by others. But we're going to learn today how you and I can protect other people. And then, if you do not use your shield of faith to protect other people in your family, you will find your family disconnected, disoriented, discouraged, disappointed. And you may find them drifting from God. And then, in this house right here, we are the family of faith. We are your family of faith. We are your brothers and sisters. And your relationship with us is important. And your relation and our relationship with you is important. And so we understand that those three most important things are of God. Can I have a, I got a little guy, where is he today? He's going to help me. Where's the little guy going to help me? No, not him. Him, come on up here. Can I have a devil? I need a devil. Stand right over here, son. Do I have a devil? Hey, a devil, I said. There he comes. Nick is the house of face devil. In all of our, the dramas and all that, Nick is always the devil. And what's your name? Caleb. Caleb who? Buyer, by her, by were, by buyer, buyer. Okay, all right. Now, come over here, Mr. Devil. Now, do you see this? Now, the devil gave me this. You want know this? Is this is an attack of the devil? And so, when this hits you. And you don't have a shield of faith. You're going to be in trouble. Can I have a believer that would stand in the place for this guy? Oh, here comes a believer. Can you please help me with the devil? Come over here, devil. No, you better stay back there. You better thank God that guy's going to help you. Now, but when we as believers help people with, no, help people with their relationship with God and to protect our families and to protect our church family of faith, this is what happens. 
Now, this guy could absorb some, but he never got anything because the shield of faith preserved him. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, Lord, demon. Now, we as Christians many times don't realize how important it is for us to be our brother's keeper. Our brother's keeper. In fact, in Mark, in Matthew, I'm sorry, the fourth chapter, verse 1 down through 10, Jesus, our Savior, before he goes to the cross, is attacked by the devil. He is tempted by the devil, and what he does is this. He says, if you be the Son of God, do this. He really tried to get him to doubt who God said he was. What was he trying to break? His relationship between his God and the Son. How did Jesus deal with it? He spoke the word. He said, devil, man is not going to live by bread alone, but by every word of God that proceeds out of his mouth. And that was displaced. And the Bible says that after the third time that the devil left him for a season. In other words, people don't fight all the time, but many times there are seasons that they need someone to come. The Bible says after Jesus was tempted, the angels came and strengthened him. So you and I as believers, when the devil comes and asks you, challenges you, whether it's by, well, I don't feel like I'm a Christian, that's a temptation. Because we don't walk by feelings, we walk by in other words, we walk by what the Bible says God's desire is, what he will do, and who we are. Amen? So anytime the devil comes and says, well, you're not worth anything. Well, you're not important. Well, you're not this. You're not that. I had a girl tell me one time, you're not good looking. I mean, for, for about 10 seconds, it depressed me. Then I realized she must have escaped from a nut house. How could anybody think I'm not good looking? Right? Yes. There you go. So, the first thing we have to do is to protect our relationship with God. But what about people in our own household? Sometimes people are going through struggles like Peter was and they don't even know it. And sad to say is that a lot of times we're so busy in our own families that we don't recognize when our spouses and our kids are going through a struggle. And what we do is we just go along with their attitudes, their moods, their, you know, fits and all of that, but realize there's a reason that they have changed. I was watching a show yesterday with Phyllis, I think it was yesterday, Cheaters. She watched like six episodes. I'm thinking, yeah. have you ever seen that movie, that show? What they do is they, they get detectives to go around 
and spy on your wife or your girlfriend to see if he's, she's cheating on you. And so this one guy said, you know, she's just not who she used to be. She's working all the time. In other words, she used to be lazy. And uh, she's cleaning herself up. In other words, she used to dress like a pig. And I notice that every time I call home and say, honey, I'll be home. Uh, what were you going to be fixing for supper? Oh, I'll call you later. Well, what time do you want me to come home? Oh, I'll let you know. He said, and things just seem real strange. And he, so he come to cheaters. He said, I want you to find out if my wife is cheating on me. So, sure enough, she's cheating. But the straw that broke the camel's back, as it was, was that she let her boyfriend get into his little shivy deuce that his father-in-law had given him, and he was in the midst of restoring it. Now, it looked pretty good. And so, this cheaters leads him to where they're making out. They're kissing each other. And he doesn't wait for cheaters to approach the car to get their response. He drives his big dually truck right up behind that double deuce Chevy, and it's right on a boat ramp, and he runs that deuce with those people in it right into the lake. Now, if there had been somebody to raise the shield of faith, the car might have been saved. Now, later, they made up. She promised never to cheat again. He promised to be more effective. They'll probably be on cheaters next month. And so, we have to watch out for other people. Could have given amen. Because if they get separated from God, we all know what's going to happen. They're not going to go to heaven. The second thing that we need to do is we need to make sure that we use our shield of faith, not just for ourselves, but for our family. Mother, father, aunt, uncle, grandfather, grandmother, brothers and sisters. You have brothers? You don't? You're blessed. You, you got blood brothers? Do they cause you problems? You're kidding. Well, just know this. When they get big and they ask you to marry them, they're just brothers in another package. I'm telling you, they belong to somebody else and they'll act the same way. Now, what should we do when our families come under attack. Now, parents, let me say this to you. Do not shield your kids from problems. You cannot raise them in a utopia without problems, without struggles, without a fight. Because when you send them out into the world, they're going to freak out. In this world, you shall have tribulation. Through much tribulation do we enter into the kingdom of God. Could again, amen. 
So we have to realize that we don't raise our children in the admonition and nurture of the Lord. That doesn't mean in cushiness. That means that we raise our children. Our Father has taught us how to war with our hands, and we need to teach our children how to war good warfare. We need to invite our kids into our problems because you may not realize it as your problem and your battle intensifies, it all rains down on them. Yeah, sometimes when troubles happen, women go into premenopause. Husbands go through midlife crisis. Then when the trouble gets up or off of them, they go back to normal. But when you are going through a battle, invite your kids into your personal battle for your faith, your personal battle for your relationship with God, with the Word, for your faith. And when you have financial problems and you're facing things one with another, invite your family into it. One can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Why would we diminish our power and faith when we could increase it by inviting those that God has strategically placed in our family? Amen. Tell them about your problems. When they come or, or your, their brother or sister blows up, oh, man, I'll tell you. You say, honey, look, you need to raise up the shield of faith. Don't get offended. Don't get mad. Don't get discouraged. He's just struggling or she's struggling. I want you to begin to pray. Let's pray. Start saying something that will encourage him. When you walk by him, say, you know, I appreciate you being a big brother. If he hits you with something, that's okay. Move on. But what if he says, thank you? Thank you, Jimmy, oh man, JB, oh man, oh man, AB, I thank you, oh gosh, I'm so, he might do that, but I doubt it. But how about you encouraging your brother, your sister, instead of complaining, throwing a fit? I remember Carol uh, Dosik said one time that she raised her children, and whenever they got in a fight, she just pulled the britches down and Beat them both and make them hug each other. Like, who thinks that's Christian? Well, it is. We need to absorb sometimes suffering unjustly in order to become what God wants us to be. Jesus discovered his sonship privileges by being obedient in all that he went through. Suffering is a great thing if you handle it rightly. It's a terrible thing if you handle it wrong. So, as brothers and sisters, we need to lift up a shield when those in our family are not able to lift it up. Amen? And when we are facing financial needs in our houses, parents, share it with your children. Instead of just saying, no, we, no, you don't need that. No, you don't have that. No, you aren't getting that. Tell them why. We're facing right now a need. We want you to join your faith with us. We want you to raise up the shield of faith and start saying, you know what? I believe God. 
We believe God meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Your kids will start sowing seeds. Your kids will start standing in faith. Your kids will start praising God. When you come to the supper table, don't hold it back. Reveal to them what's going on so that when the victory comes that you can celebrate as a family. Amen. Teach them. Needs are a part of life. That's why God said he would meet them all because he is a part of our life source. And so we need to use our faith. We need to encourage our children to use their faith. Johnny says, oh man, I'm sleeping with eight sisters in one room. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You got to use your faith, Johnny. You're going to be here for a long time. How about getting them involved? So bring them together. Tell them, what did the doctor say? This is what the doctor said. This is what we're going to believe. This is the scripture we're going to stand. This is what we're always going to say. Teach them how to lift up that shield of faith so that the person that is going through the battle that the devil may have already touched can be safe behind somebody else's strength. So, realize that Samuel, 2 Samuel 17, David, if I can have 2 Samuel, no, no, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 17, verse 14 on the screen. David goes down and his brothers are in a battle. Not only is just his natural brothers, but his spiritual brothers, the household of faith. They're getting ready to fight a giant. And here's what it says, and it says, and David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. The youngest. The youngest. In other words, kids have great faith. And kids can confront and defeat adversaries that we may not have the opportunity to. And then let's go to, I think I got it written down here, uh, verse 23 and 24. This is what David, he says, and he talked to the brothers. And he said, behold, up came the champion of the Philistines, of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spoke according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the giant man fled from him, and they were so afraid. Now realize these are people paralyzed by faith. Now they are in relationship with God. They are the servants of the Lord. They have all the promises of God. But David, the young man, he is arrested by God to remember a promise. And then in verse 41 through 47, can I have that up there? For Samuel 17, 41. And the Philistine came and drew near unto David because he's the only one left. Everybody else took off. And it says, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth, ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, am I a dog? that you would come out here 
against me with staves, and the Philistine cursed David and his gods. And the Philistine said unto David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Now comes the shield of faith. Now David says, Thou comest against me with a sword and with a spirit, with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. In other words, I come to you in the strength of my God. And he says, in the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hands, and I will smite you and take thine head from thee, and I will give thy carcass to the host of the Philistines this day, to the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, and all of the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all of this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not by sword, not by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands this day. And what does David do? He reaches in his bag. He's got five stones, F-A-I-T-H, and he reaches down and he puts it in a beat-up old sling that he's used watching sheep. And I'm sure he's threw a hundred stones at those sheep. But he had enough practice. He trusted God. And he drew that sling, however he did it, and he let it go. And it flew and hit that giant right square between the eyes. And the giant fell dead. David goes and takes his sword and cuts off his head. A giant, undefeatable by the masses of the armies of Israel, yet defeated by one act of faith. One act of faith liberates a nation, frees his family, and brings them into prosperity. And that's what you and I are here today. The third thing is this, is that our faith for our family in our church assembly. Now, your family of faith here is kind of like your regular family. You don't get a select who's in it. So some of them are good and some of them are bad. Some are black, white, brown. Some are we don't know where they're from. Some are fat. Some are thin. Some are rich. Some are poor. Some are struggling. Some are walking in victory. Some are stumbling. Some are walking soundly. Some have jobs. Others can't work. They're on fixed incomes. But all those types of people are in this assembly. And they're part of the family of faith. And we care for them just like we care for our natural families. So in the time of need, in the midst of the family of faith here, it's important that people that see other people struggling, going through things, raise up a shield of faith. 
Because remember, the enemy can come in like a flood. You say, but God will raise up a standard, and you may be that standard. You may be the one that God calls to raise them up. There's a reason you've solved their problem. There's a reason you've solved their struggle. There's a reason you've saw them through the storms of life and you saw them by the eye of God. There's a reason. That reason is not to neglect, not to move on, not to say, well, they all do this, they all do that. No, no. God is saying, you that are strong, lift up the burdens of the weak. Come on, you that can stand. Help those that can't. Use your shield of faith. Don't lose a brother. We that are spiritual, restore the brother. Now, immaturity may never help anybody in the kingdom of God. But those that are mature, please don't tell us how mature you are. Show us. Show us. First John 3, 16 through 18 says this. We all know it. If you have this world's goods, shut up your bowels of compassion. Don't minister to that, brother and sister. Just send them away with a prayer. The great question is not why you didn't. The answer is this. Because the love of God abideth not in you. It's not why we didn't. Paul reveals why we didn't the love of god dwelleth not in you the bible says that we are to pray one for another till they be healed not just hey pray for me brother okay god in the name of jesus bless him give me whatever you need you know hallelujah no no this brother is sinking with a report there is no cure this brother is sinking my wife left me. This family's sinking. My child's on drugs. It's the second time we don't have any more money. We can't help him. He's living on the streets. He doesn't even recognize us. We've lost him. Yet the Lord said the seed of the righteous would be blessed. We just don't have any more hope. Raise up the shield of faith, somebody. For if you do it to the least of them, you are rescuing as if it were Christ from a battle himself. And it's not just their seed. They're a part of the family of faith. And they belong to us, not to the devil. Praise God. Now, so three most important things to God. Your personal relationship with God. Your personal relationship and involvement with your family. And your personal involvement with the assembly, the church that is gathered here today. Randy? Oh, here he is. 
I figured you'd be coming out here in an outfit or something. No, 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 no. Okay. Thanks, Pastor. That was good. Everybody enjoy that? Come on, hallelujah. Amen. Relationship with God, your family, and then the family of faith. Amen, amen. Well, I just want to add on to that just a little bit. And Missy, would you please put back up on the screen the first scripture he brought up, and that was Ephesians 6.11. It talks about the armor. The armor is so important. And that scripture verse again says that we are to do what? We are to put on the whole armor of God. Not part of it. Not one piece of it. But how much of it? I can't hear you. All of it. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Uh, hello, there's another version that said that we should be stand in the evil day. Are we in the evil day? Is right, wrong, and wrong right? Absolutely. We are definitely in an evil day, so we must put on the entire armor of God. And I just wanted to emphasize what Pastor Dosik says on how important it is to put on the whole armor of God. Putting on the whole armor of God, if you don't have it on, put it this way. If you don't have on the whole armor of God, it's like, Landon, you going outside into winter, naked, running down the street when it's 20 below zero. I mean, are you going to survive? No, you're going to get cold. You're going to, you're going to get, you're fr freeze to death. You're going to get frostbite and you're probably going to die. So if you don't have the whole armor of God on, it's like going outside in the winter with no clothes on, running down the street. It's stupid. Yes? Not having the whole armor of God on is like going into outer space in a spaceship not having your spacesuit on and getting out of the spaceship, what's going to happen? You're going to explode, right? Because you don't have the right stuff on. Not having the whole armor of God on is like going scuba diving way deep down in the bottom of the ocean. What's going to happen if you do that without the proper stuff on? You're going to implode. And you'll be a piece of mush for all the whales and sharks to eat. Because you don't have the right gear on. So it's so important to have the whole armor of God on, right? And so today, let's just say that this orange right here is you. All right? Orange, you glad you look like an orange. All right? And what's on top of this orange? It's a peel, right? It's the what else is it called? The armor. The protection. Pastor Dawson, get yourself a piece of candy. That's awesome. So... It's the armor, right? And so this protects the orange. This protects you. So when the devil comes at you and you have all of the armor on, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to sink. No matter what happens. The devil can try to do whatever he wants to do to you. He can push you down. He can call you names. He can spit on you. He can come against you. Anyway, you might go down for a second, but ultimately you're going to do what? You're going to come right back up to the surface. It's like having the whole armor of God on. Amen? Amen. But, but, let's just say that you decide, ah, armor, you know, and here's what I don't understand. Why are we always asking to put it on? Once you put it on, don't take it off. Okay? We don't have to take it off and put it on every morning. No, leave it on. Right? Pray continually, the Bible says, yeah? But if we start taking the armor off by, let's just say, not praying in the morning, hmm, oh boy, 
Let's just say that we're decided we're not going to church because it's boring. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know what? The music, I know they say that, you know, Christian music's really the only music I should listen to, but I like Western music. I like playing country music backwards and forwards and getting all my family back. And for You know what? I know that we should only hang out with Christians, but, man, they're boring. All they ever want to do is go to church. They don't want to go do anything else. What's happening to your armor? Huh? That's right. It's not on. It's coming off. Let's just say, you know what? My friend offended me. Now I'm offended. Uh-oh. Great. Now more armor's off. You know what Susie did yesterday? Oh, you won't believe what she did. Yeah, it was horrible. Unbelievable. You need to go call Martha and Edna and all of them. And we need to just say how bad those people are. They're supposed to be Christians. Oh, my gosh. It's called tail-bearing. Start talking about other people. Other people's business. Ah, guess what? There's no armor on. And you know what? Guess who's watching you do all this? Oh, he's watching you too. But again, Pastor Dosek gets another piece of candy because the devil's watching also. He's watching every move because he said it earlier. He's out to attack. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy the family. He's out to kill you, destroy you, and he is fashioning a weapon every minute while you're taking all of your armor off. And at the right moment, he is going to strike. And you know what's going to happen? You are going to sink. You will die spiritually. You will not be able to stand when he comes with the fiery darts and with the attack. You will die. How many people have spiritually died that you know of in this church? Buddy, I can name a lot. If they would have just kept the entire armor on, no matter what the devil tried to do to them, this place would be packed solid every single week. Amen? And so today we are specifically talking about the shield of faith. And obviously, I'm an object lesson guy, so when I talk about a shield, I think of one specific movie, and everybody knows I'm sure what that movie is called, right? Frankenstein. Wrong. Bring me back the piece of candy and give it to this guy, Captain America. Would you please show that, Andrew? This one's fun. It's being fitted with electrical relays that allow you to... What about this one? No, no, that's just a prototype. What's it made of? Vibranium. It's stronger than steel and a third the weight. It's completely vibration-absorbent. How come it's not a standard issue? That's the rarest metal on Earth. What you're holding there, that's all we've got. Quite finished, Mr. Stark. I'm sure the captain has some unfinished business. What do you think? Yes, I think it works. Absolutely. And that is like the shield of faith. You know, he said that was the rarest metal on earth. It's all we have. Guess what? That Bible is all you have. It's all you need. That's it. We don't need nothing else. Amen? It will take every fiery dart 
and you will destroy every bit of it if you use it. So the shield of faith. What is the shield of faith? It's basically using faith like a shield. And where does faith come from? From doing what? Hearing what? Hearing the word of God. And it's just like what Pastor Nosek said about Jesus. He was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. And at his weakest point, the devil thought, I've got him. I've got him. Tempted him. Yo, throw yourself off a building. Yo, go do this. Yo, eat this bread. At his weakest point. But what the devil didn't know is, at his weakest point, he was also the strongest because he had everything on. He, no matter what the devil tried to do to him, he came back up to the surface and he beat him. And what pastor said also is then, you know what? He left him for a season. But you know what was really good? He didn't defeat him in any other season. He couldn't defeat him at all. Not one time. Even in death, Jesus won. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So use that shield. Use that word as a shield. And just like them bullets, nothing will harm you. You will be okay every single time. How many times? Every single time. Give Jesus a hand. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, Pastor Tim, where are you at? Come on out here, buddy. All right. Amen. That's right. Yeah, I get the privilege of going last. Imagine that. So uh, for the sake of being painstakingly obvious, I want to make a couple of observations about a shield. First one is this. A shield in your closet doesn't do you any good when you get in a fight in the street. Right? So the importance of carrying your shield with you at all times is good. Another observation about a shield. The shield is to prevent an injury. It's not intended to heal one. So we want to make sure we're using it, right? But there's a strange thing about shields. It's important to know what they're made of. See, back in Paul's day when he wrote about the armor of God, the shields that were most commonly used uh, wasn't quite like this. They were actually two pieces of wood glued together, covered with either hide or linen, and then they were bound together with, with brass, right? So those shields were pretty effective against a lot of things, but they're not effective against everything. But as we've already pointed out, the Word of God sets us up to be protected from every attack of the enemy. But it's only going to help you if you know what your shield's made of, right? So you have to get into God's Word. You have to find the promise that you need to help you when the devil comes to attack. You've got to know what your shield is made of. And once you find a promise from God's word, like let's just start off with a simple one. The shield of faith will extinguish every fiery dart of the enemy. That's a good promise to stand behind. So you add that to your shield, and now you've got a shield that can do some damage to the devil. It'll help you. But here's a strange thing about a shield. This thing only really helps me if I know where the attack's coming from. Like, I've got to hold this thing in the direction of an attack. And I want to show you a simple illustration to kind of help, help us realize the importance of not holding a shield alone. So uh, where is Andrew? Come on up here, buddy. We're just going to act something out here real quick to just kind of, again, be painstakingly obvious about how effective a shield is. Okay. So you just you hold that. Let me grab my... I asked permission to use fiery darts, but I was turned down, so I'm substituting with dodgeballs. I apologize. I really wanted to be able to drive this home, but 
So Andrew, as we've talked about, this shield only helps if you're focused and if you know what's coming, right? So let's say I'm the devil. I'm not the devil, but let's just say I'm the devil. And I, I want to try to get Andrew with some sickness. So I'm going to just, oh, man, he blocked that. But he's engaged, right? He's focused. He's looking. He's probably quoting scripture. No, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm made whole. So that doesn't do anything. Let's try poverty. Oh, man, that didn't do anything. Oh, what just happened? Wait a second. He just got hit. How is that possible? He's using a shield. Oh, wait a minute. That only works when it's faced in the direction. What could Andrew have done differently? Only this. He could have had somebody else holding another shield behind him. See, we're, yeah, that's, that's right. You're, you just keep holding it. You're doing a great job. See, we're a family. And the Bible says that when one of us is hurting, we're all hurting. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. We're connected together. We can't avoid that. And so what would have helped Andrew in this situation as he's holding up his faith and he's warding off the attacks of the enemy, the enemy is pretty smart. He's not going to keep coming at you the same direction. He's going to say, man, if you are focused and you're ready to defend these attacks, I'm going to just, oh, I lost it. That's terrible. I'm going to just hit you from the backside where you're not expecting it. That's where we come together. So in a family setting, and I'm not going to pull his parents up here because he would probably not protect them anyways. But in a family setting, what needs to happen is oftentimes we think that maybe the father of the family is the only one holding the shield. Or we'll think that maybe just the mother and the father are responsible for holding up that shield. No, that's not true. As Pastor already pointed out, the children can fight the enemy. It just takes faith. Tell your kids what the shield's made of, and if you're all holding it together, because here's the thing. Andrew might be confident because the strength, listen, the strength of your shield isn't you. It's the faith you have in God's word. So let's say that Andrew's faith, he is confident in a promise of God's word for protection, for healing. And so he can hold that up. But let's say that Andrew, he's not quite there yet. His confidence isn't built up in the word of God to believe for financial provision. Well, that's where dad comes in. I got you, son. I'm going to hold the shield up back here. And let's say dad struggles with maybe fear. Well, that's where mom steps in. She's like, oh, I believe God's overcoming fear. Come on, baby. I got faith for it. And mom steps in. And then little Owen comes in, and he's like, I believe God wants us to have fun. So I'm going to protect from the death. You know what I'm saying? We have to be willing to not just defend ourselves. We work better when we're defending others. And they're defending us. Because you don't have to worry about what's coming behind you. The Romans had a word. It was, I believe, if you're a Roman history expert, and I get this wrong, I apologize. But I believe the word is tetello. And it was the word, it was the command that they would shout. And every soldier knew when that command went out, that meant pull your shields up, circle around, so that no matter where the enemy tried to attack, the shield was present. They couldn't get through the barrier. We would be well in the family to have a Totello command that we're always practicing. Because again, a shield in your closet doesn't do you any good when you get in a fight in the street. You have to carry this with you everywhere so that you're always protected. Amen? Amen. All right. That's it, Pastor. That's five minutes right there, I feel like. I'm on it.
Hello. Yeah, praise God. So today we learned everybody in our family is important. You have to understand that your family is not just because you sowed seeds, not because you're married, not because you wanted a family. Your family is a family because these children that God gave you are the arrows of the Lord. Because God put them into your hands. And the word arrow simply means that these are the property of God. And it means that these are belongings to God. We have the opportunity to raise them, grow them, nurture them. Then we present them back to God. When they leave our homes, they're to be precise, honed, and prepared to go into battle and to hit their mark. If we fail at that, then we have failed God's plan. So these children are put in your hands for a war, a war for the souls of humanity. So I just want to encourage you, share your faith. Invite them in to your world. And if you don't have that faith going on, learn today. Start protecting your family because you're going to be blessed. Amen. And you're going to be encouraged. You're going to be strong. And there's just simply not much greater reward, as John said, that I see my children, third John, to walk in truth. That is the great reward. Paul said it this way, holding forth the truth, holding forth the truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you have made us men and women of triumph. You've made us a people that are destined to triumph in Christ Jesus every time. You have anointed us. We do not preach the gospel, God, by a spirit of the law or by a spirit of weakness. But, God, you have anointed us. And First uh, uh, Corinthians, God, the third chapter, is that we do not go in our own strength, for our strength is not sufficient, but our God and his strength is sufficient for us. Thank you, Father. We praise you today. We thank you for our family of faith. We thank you, God, for the families that you have built and united together in the natural realm. And God, we thank you for our relationship with God. Awaken us. Awaken us. Awaken us. God, that we will release David into the world. Hallelujah. 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 God, you are a good God. You are good in my valley. You are good on my mountain. You are good in my storm, and you are good when I'm anchored. You are good, God, when I know not the outcome. And you are good when I'm at peace. 
You are a good, good God. A good, good God. I worship you, Jesus. We worship you as a congregation. Let's stand to our feet just for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we just want to say thank you to every person in here. The smallest, the nursery, the one-year-old, the one-half, the two-year-old God. We want to say thank you. And God, if we could do anything, I guess we would just bestow blessing upon you. Blessing upon you, God. Blessing upon you. God, so for the children, the grandchildren, for the parents, for the single parent, God, for the single person, God, for the retired, the widower, God, we say, bless you, Father. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. With all that is within me, God, all that is within this assembly, God, the core of our being, we bless you. We bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your children. Parents, declare blessing over them. Children, bless your brothers and sisters. Bless those that are around you in your household of faith. Let us bless and never curse. For this is the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, just shout something to God about how grateful we are for his house, for our families, and for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're Kylan, you're on. All right, well, we're going to close out service today and begin to apply what we're talking about. So, young people, if you can go find your family again for me, go back to your moms and dads. Uh, first off, if you, if you are... Uh, your child is being baptized, you are dismissed to go do that. We're going to close out our service with a whole bunch of baptisms today, which is really awesome. So they're going to go prep for that. And while we do that, we're going to take time and pray as families. So gather around with, with your children, uh, your spouse. Um, we're going to take some time together and just pray over each other before we head out today. We must apply the things that we're talking about. Amen. So if, if it's just you and your spouse, that's great. If you've if you got grandparents here, grab them. If you just, you know, your whole family, if you've got kids. If, if you have kids that are not here, they're at college or, or they've moved out of the house and they're gone, you know, include them in your prayers today. So we're going to spend time praying together. Now, as we do that, Pastor, by the way, he's headed right now with Eric. They're headed to the Philippines, okay? So they're going to be there this week. Good message Wednesday coming, next Sunday, and, and so forth. So keep coming to the house. Um, what we want to do real quick, where's is Where's Dave Orwell? Is he still here? He went up to help upstairs. 
Rick, come here. We're going to pray over Pastor for a trip to the Philippines real fast. Then when we're done with that, we're going to pray over our family. So let's all lift up Pastor and Eric for their trip to the Philippines right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, right now we just speak safe travel, Father, to and fro, God. And, God, we just see the atmosphere right now where they're going, Father, with signs, wonders, and miracles, God. We just decree and declare breakthrough, salvation, increase in that land, Father. And, God, we thank you that you will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think. Father, we just give you the praise right now that there will be more salvations, more healing, more breakthrough than ever before. And we just rebuke the devil now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So I want you to just grab your family and start to pray for them. If you need some direction, there's going to be some points up on the screen. You can pray for strengthen for their journey with God, encourage in the spirit some different things. So you can use what's up on the screen or if you want to or not. But pray over one another for a few moments. Dad, lead the way in this. Moms, lead the way. Let's pray over our kids. And uh, as we're doing this, they're going to get ready for baptisms. Amen. Are you guys ready up top? Bill, thumbs up. Jason, are we good? 
You can keep on praying here. Randy, you guys good? All right, we got, you can keep on praying if you're not done, but we would love for you to stick around. We got about 20 baptisms right now of young people in our church. It's going to be an incredible time. These young people are professing their faith for Jesus Christ. So we're just going to watch this happen. They're just going to come on through and get going. You guys ready? All right, let's do it. Put your one hand on your nose, the other hand on your elbow. Lord, I baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. Good job, Mom and Dad. Way to raise a great kid. Hallelujah. All right, next, Ava. Not Ava. Wait a minute. Oh, Addison's here. Come on up, Addison. How are you today? Good. Walk around here. Have a seat right there on that block. We got Grandpa here. Where's Grandma? She's at work. She's at work. Okay, we got, and Sissy. Is yep. this awesome, Ashton? Is this cool? <laughs> All right, put your one hand on your nose, the other hand on your elbow. Father, I baptize Addison in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Woo! Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good job, Grandpa. Yeah. All right, Ava, there she is. Come on down, mom and dad's coming in. And grandma and grandpa. We have no grandpa? Aunts, uncles, nephews, nieces? The other one, yeah, I knew you had more. Okay, have a seat there on the block. Uh, is this awesome? Is this awesome? Uh, this is great. Get baptized. Put one hand on your nose, other hand on your elbow. And father, I baptize Ava in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah! Hallelujah! Go up that way. There you go. Amen. Good stuff. Good job, Mom and Dad. Excellent. I'd touch you, but you'd be all wet. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Next! Come on, 
Brynn? How you doing, sweetie? You doing good? Right, come on down. We had our classes this morning with all the families in the Slam Sanctuary. Two kids got saved in the Slam Sanctuary this morning before baptisms. Have a seat right there. That was awesome. Are you ready? Put one hand on your nose, one hand on your elbow. How are we doing, guys? Is this great or what? Father, I baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Awesome. Woo! Excellent. Way to go, Mom and Dad. Good stuff. <laughs> awesome. Excellent, guys. Praise the Lord. Next. Come on. Let's get up here, my man. Let's go. We've got the whole family today, don't we? Almost. Have a seat there on the block like your sissy did. Are you ready, my man? Huh? Congratulations. Okay, hold your nose with one hand, your elbow with the other one. Here we go. Father, I baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. How you like the hot tub? Isn't that nice? <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Congratulations. Amen. All right, next. Who we got next? All right. Devontae. Okay, Devontae, have a seat down there. There you go. Sit right there on that block. Grandma's up here with you today. Yes. Have a seat right there. There you go. All right, my man. Put one hand on your nose. Other hand on your elbow. Are you ready? I baptize you, Devontae, in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah, baby. Woohoo! Amen. <laughs> Is that awesome or what? Good stuff. All right, who we got to have? Oh, we got Faith. Amen. How you doing, Faith? Feels warm. I know. Talk to Brother Dave. It's hot. It's hot? Is it too hot for you? It's really hot. Come on down one of me. It might get cooler. You want to stand up there real quick? Stand up there on top. There you go. There you go. That's it. All right. Now, just get on your knees real quick. All right. Now hold your hold your nose with one hand, and hold your elbow with the other one. Okay, you sit there. You okay? All right. Take a deep breath. It's okay. All right. All right. Are you ready, Faith? Ready, parents? Yeah. Father, we baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good job, girly. Good job. <laughs> Excellent. Good job, Dad, Mom. Whoa! Oh my goodness! Here we go. Okay. Why is your hands freezing? Jeez! Come on in. Come on in. Come on down. Walk around the block. Have a seat on the block. Grandpa, Grandma is here. Are you happy? Yeah. Are you nervous? They told me to keep you under. How long did you want me to keep her under? Four minutes. Four minutes. Four minutes. Okay. <laughs> Put your hand on your nose and other hand right here. Father, I baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Woo! Excellent, Hazel. Good job, baby. Yeah. Way to go, Grandma. Way to go, Grandpa. Awesome. Good stuff. Yep, you got more. They got more. <laughs> Come on up, sweetheart. All right, Isabel, you need help now? Okay, walk around. There you go. Have a seat there. 
We got mom here, yeah. The rest of the family here. Grandma, of course, Miss Grandma. Take the picture. Everybody out there. All right, put one hand on your nose. One hand on your elbow. And Father, I baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Woo! Yeah, baby! Hey! Way to go, Mama. Way to go, Grams, Grandpa. Awesome. Good job, guys. <laughs> All right, who we got next? Yeah, baby. Come on, Kara. You doing okay? Well, she's ready for this. <laughs> she's moving. All right, have a seat right there, sweetheart. All right, who do we have with us? Mom? Yeah, you happy? Mom's here? Amen. All right, put one hand on your nose, one hand on your elbow. Elbow. There you go. Father, I baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Woo. Good stuff. Way to go, sweetie. Good job, Mama. Amen. All right, next, Kaylee. How you doing, sweetheart? She was with us. She has been with us to every nursing home with all the old folks and the residents there. She's hugging them all, kissing them all. She's got such a sweet spirit. We love her so much. All right, baby, put one hand on your nose, one hand on your elbow. We got everybody here, mom and dad, are you ready? Father, I baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah, good job, woo! Way to go. Way to go, mom, way to go, dad. Awesome, good stuff, amen. All right, next, we got another Landon in the house. How you doing, my man, come on down. No jumping in. I know. <laughs> uh -oh. okay. Come on. Does that feel good? Yes. All right. That's right. You can say thanks to Pastor Dave when you see him. He kept it warm for y'all. Whoa. There you go. Okay. Turn around the other way. Okay. Spin around again. There you go. Okay. Jump off of there. Just sit right there. Okay. All right. Are you good? Yes. All right. Put one hand on your nose. Okay. One hand on your elbow. There you go. Are we ready, guys? Yeah. Are we ready? Father, we baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. There he is. Good job, Leo Landon. Excellent. Woo. Way to go, Mom. Way to go, Dad. Good stuff. Amen. <laughs> Next. Uh-oh. Here comes trouble. <laughs> Liam, I remember when you were that big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was that big, man. He's grown up so nice. Come on around. Have a seat right there. All right, Dad, are you ready? Mom? He said you could hold him under. How, how long you want me to hold him under? I don't know how long. How long? Okay. Are they going to be <laughs> <laughs> your mind now? <laughs> All right, Liam, put one, one hand on your nose, sir, and the other hand on your elbow. Father, I baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Hey, hey. Woo! Yeah. Awesome. Good job. Way to go. Way to go, Dad, Mom. Family. Awesome. Boom. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Nice to see you guys. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hey, baby, come on up. Stella. Here you go. Come on down. That feel nice and warm? All right. We could have made it 55 degrees for you. <laughs> okay. Have a seat right there. We like grandparents who bring 14, 15 grandkids to church every week. <laughs> Do you drive a bus here? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, put one hand on your nose, the other hand on your elbow. 
Are you ready? Father, I baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah! All right! Good job! Excellent, Stella! Hallelujah! Amen! Wow! All the grandkids are here! I mean, man, this is awesome! Except my brother and Emma. Except your brother and Emma? Okay, whoa! Easy, Willow! Alright, are you ready? Where is your brother, by the way? He's out there. Where are you at? Are you out there somewhere? Oh, you're waving. Look, wait, Willow, wave at your brother way up there. Hey! The big one. Yes, I get it. Okay? Jeez, are you ready, Willow? Put one hand on your nose, other hand on your elbow. Elbow, not your arm, your elbow. There you go. Father, I baptize her in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Yeah! Amen! Woo! Excellent! Hallelujah. Good job, family. Done. You're done? No more? Not yet. Get them. You three, right now. I love it. All right, who we got? Come on up here. Where's Pastor Tim? Get Pastor Tim out here. Come on in. This is Haley. Haley, you're 16 years old. You have your driver's license? No. What? How long have you been 16? Three months. I had my driver's license. The next day I turned 16, girl. Yeah, I did. You're terrified to drive. You're terrified to drive? Well, I know. When you're in Africa, it's worse, let me tell you. It's ridiculously crazy. No stop signs, no stop lights, no road signs, nothing. Everybody just does what they want to do. For real, I'm not kidding you. Alexis, no, she's been there. Pastor Tim coming? Yeah. Hey, there he is. Sorry. How you doing? It's like riding with Randy anywhere, actually. Oh, funny, funny. All right, so she gave her life to Christ, and she's ready to be baptized. Are you ready? All right, put your one hand on your nose, other hand on your elbow. And Father, we together baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost. Awesome. Good job. Congratulations. Amen and amen. Congratulations, Pastor Tim. All right. Good job. Go get them driver's license. Use faith, not fear. You got this. All right, come on in, Hannah. Hannah's 17 years old. How are you doing today? Are you doing okay? It's, it's warm, isn't it? I know it is. All right, face this way. All right, you want to take your glasses off? Give, you don't need to see. <laughs> Give them to mom. All right, face that way with your blurry eyes. Sit down, have a seat. All right. Are you ready? All right, put one hand on your nose, the other hand on your elbow. Okay, okay. Pastor Tim, we ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. Woo! That was it. That's it. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. And 21 kids declarate to the public that they're going to live for Christ. Amen. And the change on the inside, the change on the outside. Amen. Give Jesus one more hand. Hallelujah. The devil's a liar. He's a loser. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Kylan. All right. Well, that's what we have today. We will see you Wednesday night. Greet somebody. Love on somebody on the way out. And we will see you Wednesday. Have a very, very good week.